Welcome to This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Now is your chance to get caught up in all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now here's your host, Gene Destro. This week, we've been consumed by stories about the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Now, by the time this story airs, the situation on the ground could have changed some. But I did want to talk about some really interesting tech-related developments connected to the story as it unfolds. One is the involvement of tech billionaire Elon Musk and how he's helping to keep the Internet up and running in Ukraine. CBS News correspondent Marcy Gonzalez. Billionaire Elon Musk is bringing a critical asset to Ukraine after receiving a Twitter request for help from the country's vice prime minister. The SpaceX CEO activated his satellite broadband service called Starlink, helping to get Ukrainians back online after parts of the country, including Kyiv, were left without Internet access. Tech giants, including Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, are now blocking Russian state media from running ads on their platforms. In fact, Facebook's parent company, Meta, says it removed a Russian influence operation that was using fake accounts and websites to spread misinformation targeting users in Ukraine. CBS News reporter Musadik Bidar has more. Meta said a group of hackers with ties to Belarus was also attempting to hack prominent Ukrainians including journalists and members of the military. The takedown comes as Russian authorities threaten to restrict Facebook's service in that country. Musadik Bedar, CBS News, San Francisco. Now, misinformation, disinformation, and the rampant spread of hate speech has been making headlines for several years now, and more than that, it's actually spawned a divisive and increasingly strident political movement, QAnon, which has not only been causing issues here in the U.S., but also in other parts of the world, including Europe and Canada. And while QAnon has been growing and spreading its cult-like claims... Nobody, at least until the New York Times broke this story last week, has known exactly who started it and who was behind it at the beginning. The Times reported that French and Swiss researchers, using a form of artificial intelligence called machine learning, identified QAnon's previously shadowy founders as South African software developer Paul Ferber and Arizona congressional candidate Ron Watkins. And while their discovery was pretty interesting, I also thought how they did it by analyzing thousands of social media posts was also interesting as well. So what exactly is machine learning and how does it work? For an explanation, I dug into our archives and found this clip from an interview I did with computer scientist Carrie Martinez a couple of years ago when she was in town for a lecture at the University of Akron. When I say machine learning, I mean specifically that it's, it's a new paradigm of computing. So traditional software often involves a programmer writing rules to describe how they want an algorithm or how they want a computer program to operate. So it's sort of if A, then B. You define a set of rules and there are many conditions to determine what will happen as a result of a program. Alternatively, machine learning learns from the data itself. So machine learning algorithms are data-driven, and you can give one of these algorithms a lot of examples of what you want computed. So for example, if you want an algorithm that will tell you if there's a cat in a picture, instead of saying, well, 
if you find pixels that look like whiskers and if you find ears at the top of the picture and if there's a tail, then program, please tell me that there's a cat here. With machine learning instead, what you do is you give a lot of examples of images of cats and then examples where there aren't cats. And the machine learning algorithm can learn just from the data from these pairs of cat and not cat examples, whether there's a cat in a picture, it learns to do this automatically. In addition to the rise of nutty conspiracy theories, social media has also been blamed for a lot of confusion, depression, cyberbullying, and more, and rightly so for quite some time. But maybe it's not just about all the really crazy people out there and the really crummy job that big tech companies are doing protecting all of us from all of them. As CBS News technology consultant Larry Maggot explains, maybe it also has to do with the way we all use social media and what we choose to reveal about ourselves. Pediatrician and digital wellness lab director Dr. Michael Rich thinks that we collectively have a lot to learn. We have yet to learn how to behave on social media in ways that are consistent with our health. If we were to use it authentically by being the selves we are with our true friends, with our families, warts and all, where we connect with each other, not around our strengths, but around our limitations and our need for each other, our need to complement each other. And yet what we are using social media for is to market ourselves to the world. Authenticity and understanding that not everyone's lives are as perfect as they may look online is the key. The entire interview with Dr. Rich is at connectsafely.org slash radio. With the Connect Safely Report, I'm Larry Magid for CBS News. Now let's talk about hot technology jobs. Everybody knows that job candidates with computer science degrees are in high demand. But this week, we found out that a particular subset of those computer scientists, people who are knowledgeable about blockchain and cryptocurrency, are particularly desirable to an ever-increasing number of employers. Stephen Greenberg tells us why. If you saw the ads for Coinbase on the Super Bowl a few weeks ago, but did not fully understand what it was all about, you're not alone. Even many computer programmers and IT professionals lack the requisite expertise to work on new alternative currencies. That's why the hottest job skill right now just might be people who have a deep expertise in blockchain. Blockchain refers to the system of a continuously growing list of records called blocks, which are linked and secured using cryptography. Companies such as Deloitte, IBM, Visa, and J.P. Morgan Chase are seeing the potential of blockchain-based systems for other uses. So demand for candidates with blockchain experience has exploded. There are 14 jobs for every person who has blockchain experience. That's according to TechCrunch. And since early last year, the demand for blockchain experts on their site has grown 700%. Crypto may be among the riskiest of investments. But developing the skills to work in the crypto industry may be among the surest vets for career success. With your next job, I'm Steven Greenberg. But keeping track of cryptocurrency isn't the only application for blockchain technology. In fact, it could one day benefit industries and consumers in a number of different and perhaps surprising ways. For example, Dr. Javed Khan, who is a professor and chair of the Department of Computer Science at Kent State University, 
tells us it could come in handy for people who want to try and eat healthy food that's produced in a sustainable way. Here's how. If you consider meat industry or fruit industry, they're also considering using blockchain to verify their supply chain. In today's supermarket, a lot of consumers are becoming sensitive about whether it was sourced in a green way. So if Walmart or some other grocery store is selling meat, how do you know it has been fed, born, raised in the green way? Who were involved in breeding that particular animal? Where it was born? Where it was raised? What kind of grain it was fed? Where it was slaughtered? Who was involved in the distribution pieces? And now a story about new developments in photography. I recently saw an interesting collection of photos taken at the Winter Olympics. Not the really slick professional ones taken by the network TV cameras, though. These were taken with an old-style Polaroid camera. They weren't the best pictures in the world, but they were very nostalgic-looking, at least bringing to my mind, you know, the days of woody station wagons, cat's eye glasses, Neil Armstrong walking on the moon. They had that kind of look. So now imagine my surprise when I found out this week that there's this new, very small, high-tech camera under development right now. So small, you can barely see it, but it can take pictures that are so good, they could actually change the future of medicine and more. Mo Barrow from the National Science Foundation puts it all in focus for us. Wait, did you just take a selfie? Imagine one day being able to use the entire backside of your cell phone as a camera. With support in part from NSF, researchers at the University of Washington and Princeton University have developed a camera the size of a grain of salt. Despite being just a half millimeter wide, it can take clear, full-color images as crisp as cameras 500,000 times its size. With the capacity to be manufactured on the same scale as a microchip, it could turn a variety of surfaces, such as the back of your cell phone, into a camera with ultra-high resolution. Such a micro-sized camera could lead to extraordinary advances in medical diagnoses and care, as well as significant improvements in robotic sensors. Imagine minimally invasive endoscopic exams conducted by medical robots that diagnose and treat disease. What you just heard was a snapshot of what the future holds. Discover how the U.S. National Science Foundation is advancing research at nsf.gov. And that's it for now. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5-1590-WAKR and WAKR.net. <laughs>